Never duplicated, love to be calculated. King of Butterbing Sensation of Innovation, the leader of the iconic nation. Me, Mikey Bro, here with the goddamn sexiest man on Zoom, Brian Andre Who Hughes. What is up, Mikey? How you doing? I'm it's doing good to have you. Good to have have you back in the PBA Poddammit uh, mm-hmm. podcast studio. Man, it's a lot of peas. How you doing today? I'm not gonna lie, my nipples are a little hard. I'm very excited. I, I was gonna say I don't know if that has to do with doing the podcast though, or I mean, I have resting, resting nipple. So I mean, it's it, it's like a condition, but no, I, I I'm in a great mood. I have like all of 27 hours uh, to do anything I would like, and then it's gonna be back up and giddy up back on this cowboy town rodeo thingy, whatever I got going on. Right. Um, but we're here to talk a little about a little bit about the PBA, and uh, you know, it wouldn't be a podcast. Without looking into Brody Stanley, and you know, I'm sitting here listening to the podcast, wondering what's going on. Um, for those of you who have wondered if the scouting report on Brody Stanley has changed, um, I'm going to let you know that it has a little bit. It says he's now 31 years old from Galt, California. He has some pop in his bat. He shows a lot of range and has a strong arm. His plus speed makes him a threat to steal three bases each year. Yes, Brody Stanley, who averages, you know. You know, upwards he's stole to up to 30 stolen bases. You know, still sits resting 70 speed. He, uh, the scouting report says now he has a threat to steal at least three a year. He's a solid investment at his current level. And you know how solid is solid? Well, he's back in Cleveland where the career began for Brody before he was traded to to Tinseltown, to to Hollywood, to Disney, if you will. Um, he's dude. He's sitting with a current 1.09 slug. I mean, I mean OPS. I, I do find it funny because between what OSA just said, you know, between some pop and he might steal three bags and he looks like an average premier baseball association league starter, mm-hmm. my scout apparently has been uh, sipping the Kool-Aid and uh, listening to what you've been spewing on the uh, podcast here for the last year. Because here's what he has. This is uh, from Crash Davis. Brody Stanley is a six-foot center fielder from the Cleveland Spiders. He has the strength to hit for the big league, to hit for big league power with 50-plus home runs a season. (laughs) He's a sure-handed center field uh, player with the ability to pick the ball up off the bat. His awareness on the base pass makes up for his lack of high-end speed. Stanley looks like a premier baseball uh, association league starter. Now... At one point, home runs. That was the part that kind of raised my mm, eyebrow. I mean, I mean, maybe in Montana, he still has 61 power for me. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, uh, I'm, I'm just thinking that, I'm thinking that that my scouting department has been uh, maybe getting too many notes from Disney or something. So he had 20 in Milwaukee last year, which isn't known for its power, you know, per, like producing a power. I don't see why if he wasn't in Montana or something, he couldn't, you know, jack out an extra, uh, you know, seven to ten. Um, I do find it interesting, though, that, you know, despite averaging 22 to 25 stolen bases for his career and showing no slight uh, slack, uh, lack of slowing down given his Scott Stanley percentage, you know, my scout only thinks he's three. <laughs> I mean, potentially three stolen bases. And I, I do find it interesting. And, 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 I, and, you know, you're like, what do you want to do? Do you want to research some stuff? I'm like, no. <laughs> Let's just get into it. 
But the Brody Stanley stuff does lead me um, to Cleveland. <clears throat> Obviously, Cleveland. Uh, Started made... in Cleveland, right? Yeah, we're going to start in Cleveland. He's in Cleveland. No, but no. I'm saying I think that's where his career started before he went to Disney, right? Yes, yes, he started in, in Cleveland. Um, I do want to touch on a couple things, which I didn't. I, I don't recall if you guys touched on entirely. If I just missed it, it was a very long podcast. Um, so first things first, I haven't had a chance to go over the trades with you, and it's probably a good thing because I have some not-too-nice things to say about people but we're gonna skip over that and 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 go mainly to the one that i found very fascinating during the offseason and that was what was in principally basically a one for one um the reliever brittenham was sent over as well he's you know a full half star guy as, as well as jeff call being a a solid starting pitcher prospect um you know jeff since jeff call who was a nice young starting pitcher and the very good but very flawed Andy Bobine for Freddie Linkletter. And I find it interesting because Linkletter is something that everyone needs. He is a strong, young third baseman who hits right-handed, and he hits both sides of the, of the bag well. While Andy's good, he, he has the, the, the flaw that many do in this league. Um, he hits one side of the base. So we've talked about this a little bit offline, just just you know, like just just you know, randomly talking. What did you think about that trade when it went down? Because I mean, Cleveland is giving you know, he's grabbing a guy who's historically not a big power hitter. You know, he does produce some good contact, but he's not really a power hitter. And he's he's, he's I mean, it seems like it was a trade for the pitcher, right? Because he's giving up a guy, I, who's a twenty-five home run potential guy, who's you know, I don't know, like. We did not cover this trade. Okay. We did talk about some of the trades, and See, this was my I heard you say the like season, the dude. not the not so nice stuff. Like I think, I think that I was the the guy that was the not very nice. I'm sure you know I've, I've gotten a you know I've gotten a slack messages and whatnot. Everybody else. Well, was I wasn't much here nicer. to take the heat off you, buddy. Sorry. But that's okay. But we we still got to call it as we see it. Um, you know, on some of the trades that have have transpired, but on this particular one. I actually prefer if I was one of these two GMs, right? Like, I mean, you could just pick what side of the coin you'd like to fall on. I think I'd rather be Cleveland, right? Than the other way around. Like, I understand what you're saying about Linkletter. Um, I mean, the age is, you know, it's, I think it's like a year difference between the two. Yeah, it's very minimal. It's it's very minimal, exactly. And then the other thing is, is a platoon partner. He can't do it every day. Right. But, as as you were just stating though, if you look at if you look at the splits, he's Andy Bobine is like I think you could go ahead and put him in the dominant category versus righties. Now the only thing he does not have that a traditional third baseman does have is power, right? Like he's not he's not the guy that's going to give you you know, 20 home runs or 25 home runs, but he is a guy you can absolutely rely on versus right-handed pitching, even good right-handed pitching. If you look at his splits, he's very good. He's very, very solid. And actually, if you look at his, his war, like uh, if you go into his, his actual stats and you look at his war, one of the things that you find that at least I find kind of, you know, interesting is if you look at his splits just versus righties, um, and then you look at his splits versus lefties, almost every 
year, his splits versus lefty is war is negative. So if you're planning on platooning him, your value-wise, I mean, for, for the sake of being able to get Jeff Call, who, you know, everybody has their own opinion. I'm one of these guys, like, like I mean, you know, I, I'm just going to say it. Like, I'm one of these guys that I feel like, hey, until a guy is shown and proven that he cannot be a legitimate, you know, the top echelon pitcher, like, I'm going to try him there first because I think Jeff Call has all the makings of a top three guy in a rotation you know I, I, he has I the stuff i like i too low number one if he fully develops My right person. and that's why i just said top three because there's a few things that i'm a little leery of you know granted very early in the year but i don't necessarily love the four and a half walks per nine you know that could be an issue but he's also only 24 years old but i'm saying if 25 he, basically buddy yeah if he fully develops into the player that we believe he can be like he's a guy that's gonna he's gonna he's gonna yield you 200 plus innings because his stamina is 75 his hold runners is pretty good so he's not going to give up a lot of free free you know free bags and he's a guy that is absolutely worth link letter and you know the other piece the relief pitcher i, I don't even uh, let me take a look here he's a half he didn't even, make, he didn't even yeah. make the roster yeah, so, so it's like uh, no, 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 for sure. And it's so funny that you guys, you guys did touch on certain trades, and this was like my number one trade of the offseason to discuss. Sans the, yeah, bullshit stuff. Now, like, okay, so stay with me here. So obviously, Cindy had the big injury. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you hope he's going to be back to what he used to be, but it's a torn rotator cuff. You, you, you know, you're not sure, right? Fingers obviously, crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. So he's out still through probably the middle of the year after rehab. He he just has cheap. Cheapo, one of the number one prospects in the league. I mean, he claimed Vinny Voss on waivers recently. He picked up um, Mario Garcia, who, you know, I, I had him in my bullpen. He, he's really good in the bullpen. We'll see. Um, I don't think he's a starting pitcher anymore, but but we'll see. Um, and I was, like, sitting here going, well, so he had, I, I mean, arguably with Rupert Brown, Shane Carver, and um, Linkletter, you know, quite possibly th- – one of the strongest left-right left combinations in the league, given the splits on the three. Now, I was sitting here thinking, man, he added another lefty. Obviously, um, you, you add Brody Stanley, another lefty. You can't turn it down if it's available. It's just one of those things where if you're if they're going to give you free money, you take the free money, right? right. Um, <laughs> he added B.J. Huey, which is probably one of the better signs of the offseason on a one-year deal. So he replaced the production on the right-hand side there. He has Chris Martin, who. Just continues to do what he does, and you know he added he promoted Phil Trippett. Obviously, he had Lou Bannon as well. So he you know he added with with Martin, um, Huey, and Trippett. You know three guys, Triplet, whatever, three guys that are right-handed hitters, very good versus lefties. So I I I did see the counter move to the move, and if and if the move is you got to get rid of Link Leonard to get called, then I kind of get it. I but don't much like me. And I'll be the first to admit that I feel like I get too cute by half sometimes just messing around. I, I, I wonder if Cleveland really did get too cute by half by messing around. Like, would he be better with Call and Balban going forward? Or do you think he would have been better with Link later going forward, given who he has coming up? Well, I mean, there, there's a lot to unpack there. This is, this is my opinion, and, you know, that's, that's what we do on the show. You know, we, we armchair GM, um, you know, we don't know what the long-term plan is for Kevin. Yeah, we got Brody In Stanley. Cleveland, we don't know what the long-term plan is for Jeff in Vancouver. But what I will tell you is right now, super early, just a brief overview of both of their teams. I think that, honestly, they both would have been better 
probably pre-trade. That's mm -hmm. my because if you look at Vancouver right now, um, I'm not in love with their pitching. Their pitching. Staff. I mean, you're entire like Vancouver and you a little bit, not quite as much. You've been more of a zigger than a zagger. Um, you know, Mark and but I'm and saying Christian, like everyone's like, let's grab every single lefty, and and Vancouver's right. just like, here, take my lefty. So maybe he's. I don't. As well. I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about the lefty thing, right? Like the lefty thing for me, it Christian just is. Out. He has three. He has a twelve guys on his roster, ten of which are lefties. I get it, but I'm just saying, like, if if you look at if you look at my bullpen, if you look at my roster, I'm not building to have lefties. lefties. Yeah. No, so, I'm just saying, like, number one, I'm looking at. I'm looking at Azrat Yuki, right? He he looks to be a, a very We're very her, guys, good player. For those of you following along, he's hurt yeah. by the way. For, right, he for is hurt. Time. That's what I was just gonna say. He's hurt yeah. right now. He's been he's been dominant his first three starts, but he's hurt. Okay, it's early in the season. I understand that fatigue is not an issue early on, but he's going with a four man rotation. Okay, so Vaughn also. Why? That that's what I, I that's what I'm about to get to. So Steve Vaughn has been good. You know he's he's been solid. All the pitchers have under a three ERA, which is great. But they're all super young guys. And if you look at Cooper Saunders, who's the number four guy, he has a hamstring strain and he's out five weeks. So now all of a sudden you start to scramble because Yuki's going to miss at least one start. Saunders is going to miss a while. And you start looking in the bullpen. There's really no long reliever there, or or uh, emergency pitcher that you're overly excited about. So then you go, okay, well, you know, let me look at AAA. You know, he doesn't have a starting pitcher that would get you overly excited, and that's the only reason why I'm saying, listen, I love the trade from Kevin's perspective, but. I think for for Vancouver and Jeff being a contender, I think he absolutely would have been better off holding on to call. I think I think you need in this league, but especially in this division, I think you need at least four solid pitchers. And you cannot pitch even if you have four solid pitchers, you cannot you cannot pitch a four man rotation 162. That's just my opinion. No, no, and, and, and I agree. I was looking and it doesn't show him doing openers or anything and, and you know Right, we, that's what I was just looking at. Yeah, no, it's interesting. You know, you look at it from both perspectives. I, I mean, look at Cleveland had tons of money, and he's basically doing. I mean, he got he grabbed Parker too. Like, he's literally grabbing every single right-handed hitting veteran for for a year, which is completely fine. And you know what? If maybe one or two of them pop off, like yeah. more more power to him because oh, no, for sure, dude. You know, not... you create. You also create leverage at the trade deadline, right? Because he might I, go, I just hey, really you know what? Like league letter. Right, but I'm saying, you know, maybe maybe Kevin says, hey, you know what, um, I've got B.J. Huey on a one-year $7 million deal come the deadline. Like right now he's hitting two ninety three with with three homers, which is up towards the top of the league. You know, maybe he can flip him and get a, a prospect. Like that's what he's doing. And you know what, it, it, it's, it's – this is the difference between – between an average GM and a good GM, and and this isn't calling anyone specifically out, but just giving Kevin kudos. So would you because, say that? Uh, because when you're a team that's you... like not on the cusp of winning, right? Like I don't think that Kevin has any delusions that like like he's the best team in this division right now. Now, granted, could he make the playoffs? Absolutely. But I think what he's doing is there's no sense in just you know just kind kind of standing pat and doing nothing. 
like every year you should be doing something to better your team, whether that's adding to the roster, whether that's adding prospects in the minor league, whether that's grabbing guys like Huey that you could flip at the deadline. Like you should always be doing something like, oh, you know what? We were a 75-1 team last year, but they were all younger. So I'm just going to give them a year and wait for them to develop and we're going to be a lot better next year. No, because everybody else is going to be getting better too. I just you know really- what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. And I just realized at the start of the podcast, I said Brian, Andre, who? Yeah, I got you. I, I meant to say Dave, who? That, that, that's <laughs> my bad. Andre, Andre Dawson, Dave Winfield, they're both real players. Um, you're not wrong. Um, it, it, it's whatever. It's, it's, it's what we do. We are sure. What is, what is your biggest surprise so far? Granted, two weeks in, well, this is the, like, the early gut reaction where everybody like, you know, hyperventilates. For one reason or another, you want my honest truth? Yeah. That, what What is your Ryan biggest... Rustic already has seven walks. He had, our well, he has seven walks already. He had twenty nine all of last year. That's right. kind of surprising. Twenty whatever. But well, that's and all, and, and all, that's a good I'm, point because if you look at his walks, uh, he hasn't he hasn't had he hasn't averaged over three walks. Uh, you have to go all the way back to two thousand twenty five which for us is, you know, three seasons ago, um, the last time he averaged walks uh, at that kind of clip. Now, granted, you know, I think we both know that between his control and stuff and everything else, I think we yeah. both know that it's probably mm-hmm. going to come down. But I think that's a good one. You I'm, I'm, I mean? being, I'm being somewhat facetious, but, like, he's one of the ten guys. Like, I have a short list, like, guys I check out every time just because I like following him. He's one of them. And despite giving up seven walks, only giving up 29 all of last year, his whip is still the second lowest of his career, even though it's short. So it's like, oh, you're still not allowing any hits or anything. And you're still on pace for a 10 war, which would be the highest of your career. So <laughs> there's that. But all, all, all kidding aside, I mean, I guess I would say Long Island. Like, I obviously, I don't think they're 11 and too good. Obviously, their players are developing. And they actually have currently... Well, they have two guys I love. Obviously, first, Koga Time. Absolute, unbelievable right. player. Um, last year was his coming out party. mainly. We talked about him, by the way, on the last pod. I just got to throw that out there. Anybody who did not listen, I kind of took yeah. a jab at Bill. You know, I felt like it was my obligation to take a jab at Bill where Bill did come on and he kind of laughed about it. But, uh, you know, he did set the, set the record straight as far as, you know, him, uh, you know, releasing him and, he did. and him sitting on the, I, on the I told wire you that. Yeah. for a while. He was. Yeah. Too- no, I know. But I, I still have to give give uh, Bill a jab every now and then. Um, <laughs> he's he's on pace for 50 home runs and 100 walks. He is yes. very good. Um, but no, he also has my favorite player in the league currently, which is definitely Brinson. Um, he's a qualifying rookie this year, and if you guys don't know him, check him out. Um, he pitches as well. So his ratings for me, um, 66, I'm all, all round up, 70, 90, 60, 50, 70 for hitting with a 75 in left field, and then his pitching stuff as a starter, 80, 70, 50. So, right. I mean, he's he's right. fun. And, and, and by the way, like, he's starting yeah. and starting. Like, he is just a fun player to follow. He is no, and, the Ohei Otani of uh, PBA. Yeah, and you know, it's funny you said that because the very first year I was I was in the PBA bet way back in 2023, Ooh, that, that, that draft year, um, there was a, a guy by the name of Jake Pitt. He is a second baseman slash pitcher. He's a reliever now. And yeah, yeah. And but the reason the reason I bring him up is because this was supposed to be what Jake Pitt 
turned into. So for the record, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I was like, the only difference I'm seeing is that they can both do both things a little bit. But the, no, no. Once again, this wasn't to say that he's a he's a carbon copy of Brinson. But what my point was going to be is, and anybody that's tried it probably knows this because I've actually had a couple people comment. But um, to the to the guys out there that you know maybe haven't tried the two way thing or you know just don't have the experience, I I got to give major kudos to Bill because. It is extremely difficult to develop a guy as both a pitcher and a hitter. Well, I don't like, even think he's fully developed yet, bro. No, like, no, no, he's not. But my point is, is it's so difficult. Like when you put him at second base, you have to, you know, you have to make sure he's getting the the amount of starts he needs. He's still getting the field time he needs. You know, you're you're sacrificing other prospects' ability. <laughs> to play in the field you you're 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 having to manage that pretty closely and like you said i think you hit the nail on the head i think far too often people look at a two and a half star prospect you know or a three-star prospect and they're like oh like this guy's not very good because he's not a five-star like no like you know we we as a league need to kind of get over that and realize hey there's a lot of guys that hit that are two and a half out of three stars that just will absolutely mash. Like maybe they're just a, a, a ridiculously dominant hitter, but maybe they're not great at running or maybe they're not a great fielder or maybe they're great in the field, but they, you know, they're not going to hit a lot of homers or they're going to strike out a lot or whatever. But Brinson legitimately is the type of guy, like you said, with Otani that, you know, I have his contact probably um, a little, little higher than most because you know like osa for me shows brinson at 56 my guy has him at 66 and has his power at 60 and his gap power at almost 90 so yeah my guy really likes him and the fact that he's come out he's had nine starts he's had 41 at or 38 at bats so i mean he's got it's not a huge sample size but it's enough to be able to say okay this guy's gotten a, a taste of what it's like to play in the bigs and he's hit three home runs eight rbis 368 average 415 on base and oh by the way his ops is 1151 i mean slightly above brody stanley's yeah yeah if you put the one the one in front of the 0.151 and um but no i mean he's just been awesome like you said and we all know that in order to play for bill i mean this is something that bill legitimately said last time is i don't give a shit how good of a hitter you are if your defense is under 60 like you're probably not going to play for the lightning so the fact that he's not only a great pitcher but the fact that he's actually a good defender 61 yeah both in the outfield and in the infield um, I mean, it makes him a very, very good spec. I mean, I have him as a potential four and a half star pitcher, which just to give you, you know, just everybody an idea like, hey, how good is this guy? I mean, legitimately, if he fully develops, he could be, you know, an ace. He could be, you know, a top 10 type. Yeah, pitcher I, I, I have him ridiculous as a pitcher. I mean, if he fully develops as an ace, I don't even hit him in the field just because I don't want to risk the injury personally. But like he he's 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 pretty good. He's pretty good. And it's and it's funny, like I have a like I said, a handful of guys like I root for and he is like definitely one of them. I've I've always said I enjoy like player tracking more than I do yeah. actually wins and losses and stuff like that. And he, he's definitely one of the fun ones, dude. He's uh his well, he's a he's fun. a fan fave. He's a fan fave and I think we can see why. I don't my only disagreement with you is and I totally understand what you're saying about not wanting wanting to get him injured. 
But with an 11.51 OPS, I don't know how you'd pull him out of the field. I mean, with the pace he's on right now, he he's gonna hit he's gonna hit 50 home runs and and be right there for the triple let's, crown between let's, uh, let's, average let's, and all that. Let's relax here. I, I get it. He might not be there at the end. I'm just saying where he's at right now and the sample size we have to judge by. I mean, are, are, are you, you can surprised? make the argument that he, he, he might be the MVP. So I'm a little surprised also that Chicago is 3-10. and 10. I'm not saying they should be 11-2 and two like Long Island, mm-hmm. who I think is a little bit ahead of schedule. But I do think Chicago 3-10 and 10 is a little low. Um, Kentucky's going to be terrible. Um, he should get the first overall pick. We don't have thinking this year. So I think, also, I think the thing with Luke, and, and this is just my thought. So in the offseason. I'll do it. I know you're going to go for it. No, I'm not going to go where you think I'm going. I think um, you're going to go for it. I think you're going to go. We'll go no. see, see what happens. But I think the thing with Luke is I think he's pretty aware of, like, where his team is and what his expectation is for the team. Yeah, he's got a few really good players, you know. He's got a real good bullpen. He's got a real good first baseman, John Joseph. He's got, you know, a couple, a couple yeah, savvy. Yeah, but that division is like obtainably like I, possible to be playoffs. I, I get it, but the, but in my opinion, him, 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 Luke, unwillingness to re-sign Villarreal, and he wasn't a great player by any means. Minus five point five WAR this year, by the way. I have him on my list. I, I get it, but he he's sitting on thirty one million dollars right now for free agent that he ain't gonna get back next year. You're telling me extending him a qualifying offer wouldn't have wouldn't no, have made I, sense. I, I and do. His shortstop I, is hitting 167. So um, I'm just saying, like my point is, is like I mean, it's hitting higher than Villarreal right now. And I I get it. My <laughs> okay, so maybe he signs other players. My point yeah, no, is though, I look at what people do in the off season. Don't I look do, at the, the signings or the non signings, and it it tells you, it it speaks volumes about you know where people are at and what what they're thinking, right? Like I had a I had a pretty in depth conversation with Jeff from Dublin, right? And I was like, dude, I gotta ask you, like, what were you thinking spending twenty million dollars a year on on a on a catcher? I asked him the same question, you know, and he. He's like, he's like, you know, he's like, I feel like my team is starting to get there. And, you know, he's like, I don't know what it is, but he's like, I just cannot develop a shortstop. I mean, a, a catcher, excuse me. He's like, if you look at my entire system, he's like, I do not have one catching prospect that's three star or better, like not one. And he's like, you can go through just about anybody's system. It's really hard to find a three plus star catcher. And I said, okay, I get it. And the thing is, is, you know, it, it's not a matter of are they right or are they wrong or, or anything like that. It's kind of like the same thing that we've talked about, like with Yuki before you traded him. My biggest concern for for Jeff is, and, and he started off pretty well this year, so I really hope that, you know, he shocks the world because I think Jeff is just the nicest guy in the league. But, you know, uh-huh. he signed him to a six-year uh-huh. deal. <laughs> he signed him to a six-year deal and you know just my thoughts i hope i'm wrong but i'm gonna say the first three years of the deal he's probably not even making the playoffs so it's like okay so you know what did you really sign him for because i have this i have this theory right and this is this is like i know well, i'm going way con- overboard no, but no, i'm no, just no, it's not. It's, let it's, me just it's, give it's, you this real quick a contract to retain i i have it, i mean it's the worst contract in the league just i i'm not going to say that cuz I, I, I there there is several contracts that i think it's worse are than that worse. contract yeah for a 36 year old for a 30 year old catcher who 
Well, he's tw- he's 29 years old, and I do on, think dude. I'm saying 30. He turns 30 like in a month, two months. Right, but I do think I do think that there is something to be said for position. Getting three war from a from a cat from the catching position. Hold on, wait. You think he's gonna get three war this season? He's gotten. He had three war last year. Okay. Have you seen he the park difference? Three, he had three war in in 2024. Oh. He had. Oh, we are we are three war so, in 2025. Okay. okay, I'd say he gets under two war. No. Yes. Not, not close. Defensive war or he's, war cumulatively? No, I'm saying cumulative war. Huh. Cumulative war, he'll be he'll be a hair under three. He's gonna huh. be he'll be somewhere between two point five and three. Is he closer to two or three? There you go. I, I think he's closer to three. I'm gonna say he ends up about two point seven. And the thing is, is if you look around the league, right? Like, mm-hmm. like if you look at the I, I, not the not the absolute most upper echelon, you know, guys there are in the entire league. But I'm just saying, like, if you look at some of the better catchers in the league like good catchers not great catchers you know um they they just like like for example look at you know bob's guy steven lacour uh laroque uh, excuse me he's a he's a very good catcher like you know what he's got very solid stats three out of three stars he's never had a season over 2.7 more okay so they have and the power no i I get it, but I'm I'm bringing this up for a reason. Look look at a, another guy that that you know most people like say hey you know this guy's a a you know a very good catcher you know we, I'm just looking here for a minute. Give me give me a couple seconds here to look. Like let's look at okay. I'll tell you I'll tell you who who to look at because I think that this will be a great comparison. Okay, look at Gary Carter. Now I you know how. I'm not looking at anybody with a real baseball name. I refuse. Okay, well then I'll I'll look at it for you. So we all know how good Gary Carter is that plays for Paris. He was the starting when he was renamed. He was the starting. He was the starting catcher from 2023 through uh, last year. Last year he only started 93 games because Paris got you know, a handful of those games. And I think that's why he's trying to move off of him now, but he is according to my scout. And you tell me if you have something different, he's a four out of five star catcher. So he's like, a, like at the up, very upper, upper I'm echelon, 80, 50, 70, 50, 50 rounded. So I'm sure I'm guessing pretty close. Like, okay. So his contract is obviously a little better at, at, you know, almost 13 million a year for the next four. But if you look at his entire history, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, and then obviously so far 28 would not be a good comparison. But the first five years, he's only had one year where he's had a 3.0 or a higher. Okay. And he's he's a multiple-year all-star. He's a gold glove catcher. So all I'm saying is this whole long rant has basically been to say that if you look at what Dublin got back, granted, I'm not saying that the money justifies the contract, but if you look, he's had over a, he's had a 2.2 or higher war three times in five years. That's actually better than what Gary Carter had just cumulatively. If, if you're looking at it just strictly by the numbers. Now, what's going to hurt Dara is he's not a guy that hits home runs. Carter but, is. But this league at the major league level has six guys. And it's Henshaw, Nazario, Carter, 
the dude in Honolulu and Chicago's dude. And I well, I think Cologne has one too. But like there's no, not I, very many catchers like I know there's not a lot of catchers and that's my point though. So right? 20 like, million dollars. Let's so, look at Henshaw. Let's look at Henshaw. Like can we agree if not the best, he's one of the two or three it's, best it's catchers him in the entire league. Yeah. Okay, perfect. He's had two years He's had two years out of four that he's had over a 3.0 war. Now, granted, I'm not trying to make the comparison between the two. What I'm saying is, is the fact that Dara's had three seasons of at least two war in this league, that's pretty damn good. But your first statement was on point when you said, what are you doing? You're not making the playoffs. No, 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 no. I'm not, listen, I'm not here. I'm not trying to justify the signing what i'm saying is is it's not the worst contract like you're trying to make it out that's all i'm saying i mean there there's a several guy like honestly like i mean you could look no further further than you know sorry dennis but you could look no further than some of the contracts that that dennis signed i'm talking length i'm talking everything that, oh, you know, whatever, dude. It's, it's all good. It's just, I, I, maybe not the worst. I think it's one of the worst. It's it, it, it very well could be end up that way, right? Because you're talking about a catcher that's going to be catching at $20 million a year for, you know, his age 36 season. Absolutely could end up horrific. But, you know, I mean, I'll use my own team, for example. I would I would definitely argue uh, I've got a relief pitcher down in AAA right now. His name is Bear that's making like $8 million a year to uh, just help boost the morale at my AAA team. Well, because, I'm glad he's able to boost the morale at least. Yeah, because he's he's just not able to pitch at the professional level. So the point being is that, you know, at least he's getting something out of that guy. But I do I do understand what you're saying because, like I said, for well, him to make that I kind of him, I deal, wasn't the only person that asked him this question. So. No, absolutely not. But – for him to make this kind of deal, like the biggest thing I took away from this, so was is... this a miss? Re- so hold on real quick, was this a miss? Uh, a, like 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 a misunderstanding or, or a misread on the league? Who was offering him twenty million dollars? I I have no idea, but uh, clearly, clearly clearly somebody Jeff was. was. Jeff was because I looked into Dara because as you know, I'm always you know I'm always willing to look into anybody. Like yeah, that's Gas- just what I do. Gaskin is fucking one twenty average. <laughs> Absolutely. Him but and John not and fucking I'm, your two and three hitters are lighting the world on fire right now. Um, and you know what? I'm I'm not even worried about it. Like no, they Gask is gonna be three eighty ish on base percentage with twenty home runs by the end of the year. So I'm not worried about it. It's As early in the year. I'm just giving you a hard time. But I will tell you, like the biggest thing I took away from it is like clearly Jeff thinks Dublin's much further along than I did. Where do you think Dublin is? I mean, they just swept me, but, like, honestly, I think they're the fifth-best team in the division. And, like, when we did the playoff predictions, he said he thought they were the fifth-best team in the, in the division. So the hard, the thing – I guess the part that I have a hard time with is how do you hand out a $120 million deal when you're signifying, hey, I know I'm the fifth-best fifth team in this division? Well, here's the thing. You have three guys, four guys in your, on your team that are Rule 5 guys. Which is fine, because whatever. No, and you know what? He doesn't have – and that, that's a point that he brought up. It's actually a really good point, Mike, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but, like, I know that he doesn't have crap for salary. I think his total salary is, like, $45 million or, or – oh, no, $70 million. $70 million. I mean, most teams that's have way Dyer, over 100 And the retain on Duncan. Right, but I'm saying most teams have way over $100 million. So it's like I totally get that. Um, but if you look at his team – 
and look at like who he's paid long term. Like let's just say the next has contracts at least the next four years. Yeah. You've got Gladstone as second baseman, who I think pretty much is going to be the second baseman. He's playing well. You've got Herman Young, who I think is an absolute beast. I think he's probably going to be his best player, um, at least for the next few years. Um, by the way, Young's making six million. Gladstone's four. Dave Adams, the guy I said to hold on to, I think he's probably happy he did. Had twenty three home runs last year, batted two fifty. He he's getting three million a year, and then you have Dara making nineteen point one million. He's making more money Here? by himself than the entire infield. No, I. It's like I I, I understand. I'm just. I, I understand. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, I didn't mean to stress too negatively on Dara's contract. I, like I said, when I contacted him, I wasn't the first person. So I, I was totally just curious. Oh, um, no, no. Like I said, and I get it. And like I told him, I also understand it from the perspective of I do believe this is a, a game mechanic. They say it works like this in the game. And as we've had conversations, and you know this, I am a firm believer that catching ability does heavily influence your pitchers. I think it does help them to reduce walks, mm -hmm. increase strikeouts, uh, reduce, um, you know, runners, um, or stolen bases, things like that. And, and Dara's catching ability is 85. Like, yeah, no, I mean, the, he's borderline elite in that area. The, the problem is though, where, where his offense is going to rate out is probably not, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe not this season, but come next season as to above average to above average. I mean, I think he has so many guys like he does like offensively, obviously, you know, you're bad long enough. You, you, you stockpile talent. You, Dublin's the next team. Montreal just got hit. Dublin's going to start losing guys just because he's not going to yeah. put them. Um, Dublin needs to figure it. Dublin needs to Jeff, if you're listening, Dublin needs to the formulate. Correct. And this is something we talk about all the time off offline Disney. is you have to formulate a plan for, okay, who, you know, in three seasons, who, what does my starting staff look like? Who is my second baseman of the future? Who's my center fielder of the future? Because if you're giving, for example, Herman Young, a six-year contract to be a first baseman, which, you know, once again, not, not saying, DH. not saying that, yeah. Okay. DH, whatever, not saying he doesn't deserve it, but at the same time, if you look in rookie league, he's got two guys, two first basemen that mm. are both four star or better. Yeah. But I think Herman Young is better than all of them, but I, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I think Simon, oh. I think Simon Fairbairn, Farbane is, is, is better, but that's just, that's just my potatoes, opinion. Potatoes, potatoes. Hey, I got a question. Are you ready? Sure. All right. <clears throat> oh, make sure my voice is good to do this. Hold on, wait. Um, you ready? Yeah. Are you, you, you? You're in game, right? Yes, sir. There we go. Ready? Let me yep. just crack my neck real quick. Hey, are we sure Suzuki's still good? Yes. Okay. You do this every year about somebody like, look, I understand that I was the, on Oakland, I was the one that freaked out about Oakland. I, I, even if like, let's just, this is the funny part about, about Suzuki. Can we just keep it real? The fact that. <laughs> what is funny about Suzuki? The fact, Tell me. The fact that we're batting, Brian. listen, the fact that he's batting 220 and he has a 361 on base percentage and we're like, is he still legit? Like 350 on base percentage is good. He's I'd say above a that. In this league is above average, my friend. 
Right, but my okay. So my point being, he's at a three sixty one on base. So yes, there's some concerns in the other areas, but it's like okay, like relax. We're thirteen games into the season. He just came off a season where he had one hundred and forty nine RBIs and led the league in RBIs and fifty two homers. Who cares like, about RBIs? I, well, a lot of people should because that means you're scoring runs. <laughs> Fair enough, but I, I care less about hits. I care less about hits and more about runs. So, runs is what wins you games. So here's the thing. Eh, are we sure he's any good? I give you a hard time. I digress. Yes, I um, think he'll be fine. Here's the real question. Here's the real question, right? Because I asked you if you had any concerns. I, I find this fascinating without looking because I'll know if you look. Okay. I know everything if you about had to guess, If you had to guess, who do you think has the least amount of home runs in the league right now? <laughs> Uh, there's like 75 people, uh, probably 300,000 people tied for that record. I don't know. Is there someone? Nope. There's not. No, 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 no. I'm saying team. Which team has the Ooh. least amount of home runs okay. in, in the league right now? Let me see. You uh, can look at the standings page, but nothing else. Okay, let me look. Oh, I feel like you want me to say Las Vegas because we were talking about Suzuki, but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say Orlando. Okay. Would you be surprised if I told you? Yes. That 13 games into the into the season, the team that has the worst home run total is Vancouver, and it's six. Six home hey, runs. Hey, Orlando was 12th as well, and, just for the record. I get it. My point is, is Vancouver I, – I always find this super, like, ironic, right? Like, like just so you know, the, the, the leader in the clubhouse on Vancouver is – uh, he's got he's got six players tied with one home run. Like yeah, one home run through thirteen games is what's leading the clubhouse. And I only bring this up because look, he's got he's got plenty of guys. Beardsley, he's gonna hit twenty plus. You know, you look you know, at five or six guys that hit twenty home runs. Right. Schlintz is gonna hit thirty plus. Okay. Linkletter is gonna hit twenty plus. You know what I mean? Like he has plenty of guys. Uh Nazario the catcher is going to hit 20 plus. So my point being is he's eight and four right now, and his team is drastically underperforming. Yeah, like, I, 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 would, I would bet you they're probably look at that. I was right. They're like at the top end on base though. Like it's fine. Well, I don't know about that, but what I do know is they're number one in runs against. So they they we, very... we, we love his four man rotation. Right. Well, we've. They've been fortunate in <clears throat> they've been fortunate Last in, in defense as well. That that, that that's a weird correct. you're not hitting home runs, but you're allowing the few home you're not hitting home runs, but you're uh, you're allowing the fewest runs scored and like our last in league in defense. So Right, and there's there's a little bit of luck. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So, you know, that's why, you know, some of the numbers are smoke and mirrors. And what do we call this? Small sample size theater where all of ten it's, games in. Yeah, it's it's literally minuscule. I totally understand that. Um, and then the other thing is, hey, does Gary make the playoffs? I was just gonna say, I think we have to talk about Gary because you know we like to we like to poke fun at the bear. He's never gonna have he he's never gonna be where he's at right now for his pitching. So let's just say that he legitimately listen. I, I don't think I've ever been able to say this at any point ever playing with Gary, but he has a pitcher right now that he has three three of the five pitchers on his staff are undefeated. So I, I I definitely think that we need to talk about that. The what fact do you want to that talk about? the pack the fact that his start his starters ERA is second, his bullpen, his fifth, saying, and his on, pitching but, war is all first. 
But you're saying that three of his five pitchers undefeated. This includes Sebastian Barrett, who is one to know with a seventeen and a half hey, ERA. Like, listen, you know what? Undefeated you gotta, is undefeated. Damn it! Listen, when you're in New York, you got to take the victories where you can get them. I, it was so funny. I was actually surprised. <laughs> he goes, I, "I, I, did see. Looks like I'm gonna break the record for uh, most, most, most games against uh, you know lefty starting pitchers." And I'm thinking, you have eight guys in your lineup that are left-handed against. Yes. Shit. Like. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, no, exactly. He only has – that's absolutely. He only has two guys on his roster that uh, that are uh, righties. And what's funny is – I was just laughing. I was like, of course. But but what's funny is, is if you look, uh, Pay uh, and oh, – I forget the other guy's name. Gosh dang it. Hold on. Let me go over this page. Uh, Dante Adamic, his first yeah. baseman. <laughs> if you look at, you know, granted these guys, super small sample size, which I know, but if you look at these guys, they they both hit lefties and righties like fairly similar. Like yeah. look at the career stats for Adamic last two years, 261, 250 versus lefties versus righty, 269, 276. Hey, by the way, this isn't to, tr- to tank the trade value of George Brett because I think he's dope, but what happened to George Brett? He I went to New York, dude. All over the place. He mm-hmm. went to New York. Interesting. Yeah, I, I honestly, th- there is no trade value at this point. Like, I, at this point, and, and this is – Listen, this is me – this is me speculating, but at this point, if I'm Gary, just looking at what Gary has in his farm system, I'm like, fuck. He's probably just going to attach the uh, qualifying offer, yeah, and, and hope the guy doesn't take it. I don't think he takes it. He's 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 low leadership, low loyalty. He no, no, I get that, but he's also, you know, usually with those type of guys, you have to worry about them wanting to make the bread, and he's going to, unless he has a major bounce back here. I mean. 2027, he had 25 home runs. But, I mean, honestly, if you look, in 23, he had 35. Then he had 20, he had 18 and 40. And he's been going downhill since now. I don't have a power drop for him, but I have drops in every other category. And I wonder. Well, here's the problem, though. In 25, granted, here's the biggest problem, right? You only have really three years of sample size. The kid's 26. Just for the record, I hope the player works out because I always hope everyone works out. But fuck him because he has a real player's name. Right. But – his his stats you know are, are pretty Rivera high. Is a left-handed pitcher in this league. Gary no. named the guy Mariano Rivera because he loves Rivera and he's a lefty. It just bugs me. So getting back right. to Brett, he's had three years in the league, but we have to take everything with a little grain of salt here because 2025, he that was when he made his first appearance. He only played 64 no, games. No, 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 no. In 2023, so, dude, he played. He had 35 home runs in 2023. Oh, did he? Yeah. That's why I'm like, what the fuck? His stats are like his his ratings have like tanked for me. He was like a hundred contract. I mean, when I say tanked, he was a hundred contract. He, he's at 85 now. It's whatever. It's just okay. You're right. So, so he played. It looks it's like the he injuries, played. Dude. Look at the injuries. It's the injuries. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to say it was the injuries though, because in 2026 he hit. He's 40 fragile bombs. now. He's fragile. Yeah, he's been fragile though for a little while. And then in 2027. Is it the beard? The, the average went down a little bit, obviously, the but beard. I mean, 16 home runs in basically a half a year is not horrible. Well, look, it it isn't, but the average, I was going to bring it up, is is with nail on the head. From 2023 to 2026, he sat at 330 or above, sometimes yeah. at 350 or above. 
the last three years he's been at 250, 250, and he's at like, I don't know, 250, 250, whatever. Like he's he's hitting 100 points below. And if you dig deeper, and I was digging deeper before I brought it up, it's not even a Babbitt thing. Like his Babbitt went from like 299, 334, 330, 330, like down to the 250s. Like so, obviously it'll normalize a little bit. But you you're you're the king of your Babbitt is what you say it is, what what right. you prove it to be, and it's been like. I don't understand. Like, was there a ballpark change in Cologne I'm not aware of? How did it go from, like, low to mid threes to low to mid twos? Like, Well, here, here's the thing. So, 2000 – hey, hey, like, average-wise, like, it's not just a one-year thing. It's, like, consi- like consistent. Like, Absolutely. What's, what's going on? But if you look at the BAPIP, just going back to your BAPIP thing. Yes. So, from 2026 – That's, that's all... your island, by the way. I would just make it a point. I know I got it, but 2026 when he played in Cologne and he hit 40 homers, all the way back to even 2000, let's say 2022, where he, where he got traded to Cologne, but even when he played in Winnipeg, he's had like a 275 BAPIP or higher. It's significantly went down yeah. this last year. Now, keep in mind, 2020. Well, really, like I said, I'm only saying one year because we're 13 games into the season. But last year, oh, I, I see what you're saying. It was traded, it split. Correct. But the but the other thing is is that is that you know usually with this kind of profile, low loyalty, low leader, he doesn't have high adaptability. Like I would almost expect there to be a drop off a little bit when he's traded mid season. Like that's just me personally, so it'll Based be interesting. What, just, just, just well, because personality I, ratings. I think the personality ratings, like when you have a guy that has high adaptability, the way that I interpret that and and the tests that I've done, those are the guys oh, that, damn that typically. Nerd. Those are the guys that typically will you know you can trade for, or if they don't have any like uh, negative qualities like low leader, low loyalty, low things like that, you know high greed, things like that, they'll come in and they'll perform pretty well either right from the start or after a few weeks. Guys that have negative traits, they get traded for mid-season. What I have found is that they tend to struggle. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in 2028 with Brett because I think it'll tell us quite a bit. Now, granted, has he started off great? No, absolutely not. But we're only like 40 plate appearances in. I mean, at the end of this month, if he's still batting 200 and another 40 plate appearances when he has, you know, damn near 100 under his belt, you know, then we can have an honest conversation because then we're one-fifth of, you know, one-fifth of the abats he's going to have. You know, I mean, that's the same thing that goes with, you know, like my guys, like you were mentioning, Gaska, Jarnigan, you know, any of those guys, Matt Grayson. You know, I mean, the bottom line is, is, you know, you're a 275, 280, 290 hitter year in and year out. And what right now you're batting 140. Like, I don't think that that's who you are. I think you've been unlucky. So, you know, yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I if you don't mind, I'm going to keep con- continue to sure. move, move the conversation along. Now, two years ago, in terms of two year, two seasons ago, the podcast, I made a statement and I set myself a slack reminder to remind me. Um, I'm, I'm going to do my voice again. Really? You're a nerd. You're talking about me. I know. Is that a slack reminder? Well, I, 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 I said slack reminders to like constantly remind me like oh, next goodness. podcast, Brian, I got more picks right than him. Like, okay. Right. Exactly. What about, <laughs> hey, how'd that World Series go for you since you want to bring that up? <laughs> uh, not great. So here, here's – I still won the fucking overall, so relax. So here's the question. I said a couple years ago that Wu Ramche was going to be the best player in the league by the end of 2048. Are we ready to say that he's on path to be the best player in the PBA? 
by the end of 2048. I I can't do that. No, I think he's a very good player. I mean, and he's a top. Listen, we just talked about Shea also on the last podcast, and I said, listen, he's a top ten player in the league. I call him Che. That's fine. You can call him Che, Shea Butter, whatever you want to call him. The bottom line is for me, for me, when you consider the position, and I definitely agree with what you're saying. I still think Riso Nas, position player wise, you got a hundred. I would say it's a two man race at least. You could, like I said, you you could make the argument, but I mean. There's other guys in the league that have, you know, much higher war. I mean, 15.8 projection for Nas or 14.5 projection for for, for Shea Butter. Um, <laughs> really? I think what hurts. I think what's going to end up hurting Shea's value is the fact that he's, you know, even though the stats would suggest he'd have a little bit better, he's not a big power hitter, right? He's not Borland. No. Like I think his contact and his gap power and everything is a little better than Borland. Um, which is a guy that we've talked about a lot that was the number one overall pick last year. Ooh, segue, go on. But um, the thing is, is I think he's probably a guy that, you know, I think Shea is probably a guy that'll be a five or, you know, a four and a half to six war guy throughout his career, which is amazing, especially for a shortstop. But he's never going to be a guy, at least in my opinion, that is. Is he, is, is, is he as untradeable? As Rico Noss. And we've done the oh, Rico Noss is, 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 un, it's, is Mike Trout is. I not. don't think, once again, you'd have to talk. I, I think Shane is a little bit more willing. Like, like you offer the right package, you know, like, you know, like when we were talking to, to Sean from Milwaukee, like, you, you are, I'm sorry, Shane from Milwaukee or Sean from Vegas, right. you know, Chris Hill was untradeable until they offered the right package. Like, I, I think that I think that Sean from Vegas is more like that. Like, I don't think he's going to actively look to trade Shea. Um, he's a top two or three shortstop in the entire league, depending on who's better than him. Flavor. That, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't know. I don't know necessarily that. So you... just for the record, just, 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 just consider going down that road. We have Mickey Mantle's ranked number one, and and this is OSA, so it's fucking irrelevant. But Riso Noss is two. Orzlovsky is three, Che is four, Shea Butter's four, and Schlentz is five. So the game has them fairly close. You know what I mean? And are you looking at the player rankings on that? Yeah, I'm looking at the completely un- irrelevant okay. rankings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm only asking because I don't ever look at that kind of stuff. So neither it's, do I. No, it's no, good for me to, to just so I I know like what what it Johnny is Freeman's that you're seven, my friend. What you're looking at? Um. No. 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 For sure. I I, I was only bringing it up because I was hey. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> you have one pitcher ranked number eight over the top 20, one ranked number 10. Can you guess who they are? Well, I, t- I would say, like I said, because of the bump, I would, I'd would i say I'd say Nunn and Hill. Yeah, do you know where Nunn is? He's eight. I love <laughs> it. I love it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Can't fucking make a goddamn playoff style, but boy, uh... are you, you, you damn near sexy. Him and his six and a half war. Now, you mentioned uh, Borland, obviously, which whatever – um, Eric Q though was the first overall pick, and I think he's the perfect pick for Orlando. He's averaged like 20 plus home runs, just under 60 games for his four years. His power is ridiculous. His contact's ridiculous. He's a great defender. He fits perfect into Orlando's wonky ballpark. I mean, I I I actually did some research on this before the podcast, and when I said research, I mean all of like three minutes because I wrote this only note down. I don't know if there's been a better fit to to drafts. Um, draft I think. Spot since we've had. 
And this is something that me and you have talked about. Listen, I really like Borland. I know you said, like, hey, he's the best prospect that's came out since the game first started. I, I personally think, and like I said, I do weigh more the college production yeah, I mean, he should than be you do. Oklahoma but I, I think Q, I think Q in three years or four years, I think he's better than Borland. I think he's a guy that's going to hit 35-plus home runs. And granted, he doesn't. Style of play, though, man. I mean, honestly, like Borland would have been a better fit in Oakland based on how Bob plays. Understand, understand. It's a, it's a flavor. Should be in Oakland, by the way. But now he's not. (laughs) It's. I understand it's a flavor thing, but I'm just saying for, for the money, right? Like I think, I think they're. I think Q. I think Q is still going to be a plus hitter. Like, he's going to be a 300-plus average type guy. In Orlando, probably. dude, he may hit 350 and 50 home runs a year. Right. And then the on-base is going to be over Good four, Lord. which are both plus-pluses. And then, it, like you said, with the home runs, dude, he's, I, he's I think a, he hits 35-40 home runs every he's year. He's a right-handed power hitter, a right-handed extreme pull power hitter in that park. And it's a fly ball right. profile. Like, good luck. He's going to hit the shit ton out of – I mean, honestly, he's, I have him at two and a half out of four. I mean, four and a half, I'd fucking start him right now from Orlando. I don't even think it matters. I have him at – I actually have him at two out of five. Oh, well, I have him as a, as a five-star spec. And half, I have half-star difference, star. I'm just saying, I don't think – No, I know. I would – I would if it was me, and I'm just quickly taking a look at what he is relative, I would probably start him in double A for a half a year. And Based on what, though? Orlando has no second baseman. I mean, I guess Orlando well, it's not a big because intent, by the way. I could, uh, yeah, I could care less about how Orlando does this year. We both know they're going to be competing for the number one overall pick. I mean, what would be the point his, of starting the clock? Yeah, he's 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 doing his best impression right now. He's he's gonna Scott Scott's got a plan. He has he has some guys. If you check his if you check his minor league system, like it, he's got some guys that. Yeah are coming up that are going to be interesting, right? Like if you look at his triple A, he's got, he's got some, yeah, as I say, if you look at position player wise, he's got a middle infielder that looks real good. He's got a couple corner outfielders that look really good. Don't we all? He's got a center fielder that looks pretty good. That's why you get Ward via rule five. We all have that many corner outfielders. Everybody says that, but the bottom line is, is everybody, if everybody was getting three and a half or from their corner outfielder, then you wouldn't need all them corner outfielders because stocked up pe- in your because people like the pretty stars, buddy. Yeah, I, I don't care about the stars. It's very easy. It's very, 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 very easy to win if you just acquire stars. Very easy to win. Yeah. Um, not, not really, because if if you're if you're only going based on the stars, you're probably going to be wrong as many times as you're right. Right, but if you get enough of them, it, it won't matter. In my in in, in my humble opinion, but all right. I digress. Hey, let's a question let's, for you. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna say I do have. I want to have a couple topics so that I want to bring up to you. Okay, so well, go ahead to ask your question and then we'll we'll move on. Too bad. I have another one for you, and it hits gonna hit home. Mario yeah. Beltran. Ouch. Yeah, no shit. Can fucking someone just get Shane on the phone and get him to fire his personal trainer? The first thing I messaged him was same trainer. He said, "Yep." I said, "Fire his ass." That's what I said. Like happened to Hill. We're not hell. Happened to Trites. Like, here's the thing with Beltron. Like, Trites has settled in. He's went from five star potential to three out of three, and he's pretty much settled in, right? Not too many declines, some, but not too much. Dude, Beltron. Like, this is a problem. This can. This doesn't just change the season this year. He's not going to be able to rehab traditionally next year. The pinpoint shit isn't going to work either. And 
that doesn't really matter because that's only a couple months into it. But like, it does it does matter actually for him? <sighs> okay, well, I, here, I think you're 100 percent right though. on this it, one, it, and and this is something we've talked about. It, hold on, wait. It completely changes his franchise's projection going forward if he declines. Like 100 percent, everything. It changes everything. Everything, 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 everything. He will not be back till he's 25 years old. He's three. He's three and a half out of five. That's great, but it's a it's a UCL injury, bro. Like that that right. shit is fifty fifty at best. Yeah, was, I I feel really bad. Honestly, I do because you know when I came into this league and well, you were like Beltron's gonna get hurt, so I'm gonna trade him for Chris Hill. I know this is what's gonna happen. Though you know, here's the thing. Like I really really liked Beltron. I must have been offered a trade for Beltron. I'm not even kidding you. By every GM in the league and some GMs multiple times, like probably legitimately 50 trades over the course of the time I had him in the minors. It was really hard for me to move from off of Beltron, but in the, in my mind, I was kind of thinking like, Hey, where my team's at? What do I need now? I need someone a little bit more established and only say that to say, I feel horrible for Sean, because like he gave up, he, he gave up like basically the ace, his, you know, his quote unquote hall of fame pitcher to start building, building up again. And Beltran was really, really starting to come on. And I feel bad because like I said, on the last pod that was less than a week ago, like everything that's happened or that we've talked about, like legitimately, we just talked about on the last pod and Shane said, hey, you know what? I really like this trade. I hated giving this guy up, but Beltron has looked so good, and I think he's going to be such a difference maker this year. Like, I just can't wait. And, boy, like, I'm sure his expectations and how he feels now are probably drastically different because, like you said, you know, the main reason why I wanted to use the pinpoints on the injury with Chris Hill, you know, it wasn't – it wasn't because I wanted him ready right away. Like, right. Like I could have waited till mid season. It was more to erase that blemish from his injury history. Cause as you know, with the UCL injury, it erases like he, the injury history. I thought I just reset the injury timetable. Um, let me take a quick look. Let me take a quick look. Yeah. It's still that. in there, dude. It's just, okay. So I'm always, I'm always concerned about the way that these guys come back from injuries you know, like we'd mentioned, like perfect example, same team um, is, you know, you look at uh, Martin Trites. I mean, I don't know what you have him rated now. I legitimately have him rated as two and a half out of two and a half. Same. And the halves I know don't mean anything, but I'm just, I'm saying it that because. be a three star by the next re-scout. It, it's, it's I get it. I'm just saying he's a two and a half out of two and a half. One year ago, one year ago at this time, I want to say he was a three and a half out of four and a half for me. He's, he has dropped. If you go back to like the end of 20, 2026, beginning of 2027, like he was like legitimately oh. like a four and a half star talent. That injury has just completely and utterly derailed him completely. You look at his stuff, his stuff potential. Now, granted, this is according to my scout. So, you know, we could use OSA, but I'll just use my scout. You go back to April of 2027, like I said, one year ago, it was a 91. His stuff now is a 66. His movement now is a 60. Before, it was a 70. Control was a 50. Now, it's a 31. It, to say that it's had a massive impact on his pitcher, 
has it would be a huge understatement and if this and i hope it doesn't for his sake but if this injury has the same effect on beltron as it did on trites so like it's a wrap like he gave up everything he gave up hill to rebuild for the future so and it'd be over so here's the thing and 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 there's a difference so obviously trice's uh fastball was his cutter whatever And I had him from, like, you know, high velocity to, like, 96, 98. So it did drop a few, but he was still a, like, hard-throwing pitcher. Um, Here's the thing for me. Beltron throws 95, 97, hasn't had the drop yet. Stuff's big because he has multiple pitches. But 95 to 97, if he has that three-mile-per-hour drop, like, like, uh, um, Trites did, he he only sits with, for me, with, like, a 63 fastball. So, correct. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Going his, to the low four, like high forties, and then the curve and the change, like they're like kind of irrelevant. And he's gonna like drop, drop. Like Trite's kind of like it sucks, but he was a power pitcher, so it kind of was like it's totally agree terrible. With you. He's gonna at least maintain a little bit of that, um, and he was a ground baller to begin with. Beltron's Beltron's he's arsenal normal. or package, if you will, like what makes him special. Drop. It doesn't suit the drop. It's his it's his stuff, right? Oh, yeah, it's the change he's, in the curve based off of the got, fastball spotting. He's it's got elite good. stuff. So yeah. the thing is, is if his stuff drops like Trites did, like thirty mm-hmm. points, and all he's of a fucked. sudden he's now complete. it ends up at sixty, he's like fucked. he might not even like he might be a, a long reliever. Yeah, no, like, for, it if, might be that bad. No, and it sucks because I I do think. From my personal experience, there is a difference. Like UCL is a UCL is a UCL is a UCL, but like with the pitcher profile types, like there is a difference from guys who can. I was like, fuck, if they're high enough rated, like they can deal with it a little bit, like somewhat useful. Like if he has right. a bad drop, Beltron's fucking done. That's what I'm done. saying. I'm yeah. really hoping for his sake. Oh, I because that, you know, because I, I know. Right. No, but I'm just saying because I know what he invested to get him and how much he thought of Hill. Like I hope for his sake, you know that you know. Obviously, he pulls through and he, he doesn't have this massive the, drop. Honestly, he kind of got lucky with Trice stabilizing where he did. Um, That's true. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, Trice lost a little bit of the control, which obviously. Here's a real question, though, right? With Trice the way that he is right now. Yeah. Here's a real question for you, as the more experienced GM. Right now, his current contract is set to expire this year, and he's being paid just a hair under eleven million. Mm-hmm. Would you re-sign him? Because he's going to want at least that. No. He's only twenty-eight. No, 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 no. I actually, I had inquired about trading for him, and we were talking. I'm like, well, I just want him for the comp pick, and now, like, I wouldn't. I mean, maybe I trade for him, but not offering what I did before. I want correct. Him that's my point. Comp, because of the comp pick. So that's that's he's what I'm absolutely, saying. He's I don't even know if you can give him the comp pick though, because here's the deal. I'd give him the comp pick just he, to roll the dice that I. That 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 I could get him at two to three million dollars, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. I I think I think he accepts the offer. Do you really want to pay this guy fifteen million dollars when you're on a one year deal? When, it's whatever, who cares? I, I yeah. get it, but I'm saying when you only have like twenty five million dollars to play with. I understand, but like <laughs> rather that than lose the asset, and then you can trade. Yeah, no, I I got you. I got no, you. No, 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 and 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 I'm one hundred percent with you. No, but yes, like reluctantly. Okay, no, so here here's here's my next question for you. So I want to talk about a couple up-and-coming teams, right? These are teams that legitimately didn't make the playoffs, didn't have 500 record, were not very good, and or, you know, missed the playoffs, were close to 500 record, but um, are maybe having bounce-back years. I'm going to throw a couple at them. I want you to tell me if, yes, you believe in them, no, you don't, and why. Cascadia is a no, but go on to the next one. Okay, Montana. 
not quite there yet. Winnipeg and Salem are vastly ahead of him in their rebuilding process. Cleveland is absolutely like signed everyone to one-year deals, and he signed all the veteran guys who are rated up. So Montana will be fine. Um, this is coming off of him basically whooping my ass. But, I mean, look at his rotation. He has four guys on the injury list already. Blondau is, you know, he's getting there. He's getting there. But the rest of his rotation is kind of like get along to go along. They're all, you know, upper 20s, younger Speaking 30s. Speaking of the uh, the worst contracts in the league. Nah, Blondau's fine. <laughs> See, why Why is why are you okay paying – I have to ask you, why are you okay paying a, a, a pitcher because $28, me $28 million <laughs> a year to give you – uh, six, you know, six point four ERA and eight wins, fifteen losses. Well, first of all, he had a positive FIP and a positive WAR last year. Our WAR at that. Right. Second of all, he is three and a half out of four and a half for me. So he did get that one star development. He is twenty five years old. He has two. Then he can opt out. Even if he doesn't, that's only thirty over the next three mm-hmm. years. <clears throat> he fits perfectly into that ballpark, and Montana has a sure lot more of a chance of competing in his division over the next three years than Dublin does in yours. All right. What about Salem? I find Salem, Salem interesting because you know I was I was more bullish on them last year than you were. I thought I actually thought Salem might would make the playoffs last year. Are are you are you a believer or is this just smoke and mirrors? I mean, like I said, if Milwaukee is kind of out of whatever, um, that's going to bring them down a little bit. Montana, I think I'll be fine. I think I'll bring, they're going to be brought up a little bit, with, and then you know Salem will be right in that. Um, that thing obviously Joe Pamer you know Salem did make the playoffs last year asshole they beat me fucking jerk oh um goddamn bullpen right. fucking issues damn Kim's I fired all of your asses <laughs> I bet you hey you know what I bet you Pamer makes the playoff roster this year yeah <laughs> him and none have been talking him and none have been talking he's like what do I have to do no I'm fucking 100 contact 98 home and power Jesus Christ he's a excuse my language he's a he's a fantastic that that was very disrespectful he's a great uh He's a great player. Um, yeah, man, he's going to make the playoffs this year. Next question. Okay. He's the second-best team in that division after Winnipeg. I, I think Cleveland knows it, and that's why he's signing all these old veterans. Okay. Next next, next question. By the way, I think all three of those teams make the playoffs, and only three what teams about, from our divisions make the playoffs. That, there you go. I, that's that's crazy. What about New York? Hmm, next question. <laughs> no, um, Gary's fine. I mean, but he – I mean, he, I think Gary knows that he's not. I mean, he's been trained to trying to trade Carl Bent for two seasons. Does, listen, he's does, best fat outside of Brett, who's does New York does New York end up with a top five pick next year? Yes, uh, top five. I mean, let me look at the other teams real quick. Orlando guaranteed, Montreal guaranteed, um, Kentucky guaranteed. So that's three. Yeah, uh, Ooh, hmm. it's getting dicey. Would you it's agree those three are guaranteed top five? I I would say so. Um. um Dublin, yeah, I would, I would say probably... so. Probably. I don't know, dude. I think heads up. I, I know he plays in a tougher division, but I think heads up. I think Dublin's better. No, 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 no. For sure, for sure. Oh, then, <laughs> then Gary. Yeah, I um, think Dublin's a better team. I don't know. I'm kind of bummed we didn't have the home and home series this year, Gary. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. That's that's interesting. I don't know. So I, but I, but but I would say those three for sure. Chicago's looking like it, but I mean they have more talent um, than that. Probably Milwaukee's. Po- I don't know. It's 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 going to be close. So I said on a previous pod, and I know that we've talked about this, but I said I thought Oakland would rebound in a big way. They're seven and six. They missed the playoffs last year. Do they make the playoffs this year? Um, given that because clearly Vegas is not going to end up near the bottom like they currently are. 
So I'm right. just saying, you're no, saying no, only Vegas. three teams make it from your division? Yeah, Vegas and Palmetto are pretty much locks in our division. So, so does Oakland make it? It's going to be me, Oakland, or me or Oakland probably. Um, and it's going to be just who loses less games. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's usually how it works. It's Who loses <laughs> less games. No, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, I think... I don't know. I mean, I, I would say yes, probably. I, I, I just don't know. Like, it's it's... It's going to be – I think it's going to be 3-3 three and three this year. Would, All right. What, what about – okay. Um, I actually think personally I think it's still probably, you know, and I'm trying to be nice, but, like, I, I think it's probably still wider, probably still has four teams represented. I okay. I, I, I don't I see Vegas – I, 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 Vegas I, I, is going to win 100 games. I think Palmetto is better. I think Oakland will be better this year, and I think you're going to be better than you were last year. I think I think all four of you guys are going to win, you know, let's just say and Honolulu dropping 88, out. 88 plus games. I think well, Palmetto. With that, with that fucking compound trade, what the fuck yeah. is that? We haven't even talked about that. Well, we already did, but I'll let you get your piece in on it. No, cause... no, no. We haven't talked about that. <laughs> Like, okay, I, I heard your guys is like what the fuck. <laughs> so tell me your thoughts because you've already heard mine. What, what's your thoughts on the? My uh, thoughts is like, Campo is like a top fucking ten bat in the entire league. Like, what are we doing? I said here? that. Do you okay? The other the other guy's argument was though, is that when you well, someone consider has to Bandolo and the additional stuff that he got back. A lot of people had felt like Honolulu actually got the better end of the deal. I don't see that, especially where you know Palmetto is ready to Are we playing playoff now. baseball here? What are we doing? Like, I, I just I, I'm I, not. I, I, I wasn't a big fan, Portland. dude. Campo's a generational bat. Like, this is just my scout, but I have 90, 90, rounded 90, 90, 90, 60, 85. Like, the fuck, right? You just put up a six war with fifty five home runs. Are you kidding me? Like, and and by the way, like. This is just another fucking feather in the cap of Jay Jay Jacob who tanked his way to get all the assets to make all the trades. By the way, I've heard the rounds going around where little guy thinks that he's traded things, so he's a great – you traded things because you tanked your ass to get all the assets to make the trade. Anything he ever does is fucking completely irrelevant. I I don't care. He can win or not. I I really don't care if he wins. But complete Bush League GM and a fucking terrible human being in this league. That being said – Tell me how you really feel. No, fuck him. Like, seriously, dude. Like, I, like I, I don't even care if he wins or loses. Like, that shit's irrelevant. But a complete shit human being and a complete waste of everybody's fucking time. And if he doesn't think people are still coming to him, he mocking him behind his back, whether they're nice to his face or not, they're completely, he's completely wrong. Everyone's Listen, still making money behind here, his back. Here's, here's what I will say, and I know that this is something that we've both said mutually. I don't even care. I'm like, <laughs> no, but this, I, I think it's important because I think a lot of times it looks like, especially you, right? Yes, me. But go, it, go looks like, it looks like, it looks like you're ganging up or you're, you're, no, you're talking bad to, you know, about Jacob. I've no. heard you say multiple times and I've said multiple times, clearly he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's, obviously. He's very smart at the game. He understands how the engine works. Like Dude. nobody is questioning, at least, not Dude, here we're at the PBA Poddammit podcast. No, Nobody no. is questioning whether or not he knows what he's doing. Obviously, like, clearly he knows, he knows g- what he's doing. Yeah, obviously he knows how to game that. Dude, look, here, here, here's the real difference. Some of us are working. Some of us are trying to figure out a move. Some of us are fucking dealing with our kids' sociological issues. Some of us are dealing with other things. He's 18, 17, 18 years old in the room masturbating to X videos or Pornhub fucking playing a video game. Like, there's, there's, like, I don't know if I need to cut that out of the podcast, but I'm going to leave it Probably. in. Probably. <laughs> but I... So here, so here's a record. Um, 
Brian told me to cut it out. I'm choosing to leave it in. Brian, you're clear. But I've never said the kid doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Clearly, he knows what he's doing. That's not the problem. There's a certain level of integrity. Dude, I'm so fucking busy. Like, I got no time to deal with this little kid bullshit. Like, seriously. The integrity shit in and of itself. But that's neither here nor there. The Campo trade in and of itself is bullshit to me because you're going to tell me that, and, and by the way, whatever, that miss, the fucking nicest guy in the league is just like, oh, let's just cancel the trade. That's a great idea. I I, I don't care what you tell me. I, I know what happened. It's fine. It, it is what it is. I don't care. Hey, um, I do I do need to clear the air on, on a trade. I actually got <clears throat> some additional info, and I do need to say, because I, I, I want to say this actually in the air. I'm not going to call anybody out. Call, oh, fuck, this is the podcast where we come. See, this no, is what, it's this, important. This is Listen, it's important. Yeah. It's important because if a GM reaches out to me and, and specifically says something to me, I want to honor what they said. And there's a lot of times that we will say things on the podcast based off of information that we get from mm-hmm. one GM. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, obviously in order to get the information. Oh, is this the Cologne Vegas trade? Either we've visually seen something <laughs> that has happened. Yes. Or we've we've actually gotten intel from inside the front office you know just like they do in the media world and and we've gotten some information i will tell you both gms universally have told me hey uh, i i don't i don't want to talk about this i don't want to you know if i'm interviewed i don't want to discuss it so they're both what? being professional in that standpoint but i will tell you that i feel like I've heard both sides and it sounds to me like, and I just want to clear the air a little bit because I think be, I think that, I think that maybe I was overly critical in the trade. And I just want to say that I think that there is a potential that maybe we didn't have all the facts. And that's all I'm going to say offline, Mike, I'd be more than happy to share the info with you, but I want I to be respectful. I just to texted you games. and I know you could hear me typing. It says, what are you fucking about? You need to tell me immediately. I'm sliding into your DMs. I've slid into your DMs. I'm calling you as soon as this podcast is over. That just happened. Um, all kidding aside though, like, yeah, I hear what you're saying. If, if uh, you've got an information that's contrary to what has been put out based on what we were told, you know, there's always two is sides mom's to tablet here. Huh? Oh, I apologize. Keep going. There's always two sides to every story, right? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Can you check and see if mom's tablet's here? What kind of tablet is it, buddy? Uh, where, where Sorry about that. Sorry about that, Mike. You, you've, oh, anyways, just, just, just to wrap it up, the camp out trade based on the players being available to make this trade happen versus the trade in and of itself is complete bullshit, complete garbage, and literally goes into the other – Once again, I went on my rant. I went on my rant just because I think a lot of times we, we get information – yeah. Like I said, it may not even be based off of a GM, right? Like we may have our own preconceived notions because I can tell you 100% and I want to put this out there because I definitely don't want any bad blood, if you will, going towards one GM or another. In no way, shape or form has anyone told me anything about the Palmetto, the Oakland trade that got canceled. I just kind of feel like I know what happened. Mm-hmm. That in no way, shape no or form. No one has told you anything. No. Right. Right. Jacob didn't reach out to me and say, hey, this is why the trade got canceled. Yep. Bob did not reach out to me and say, hey, this is the reason the trade got canceled. Nope. I am just I am I am uh, as a, a media person for the PBA. I am simply putting my take on what I believe happened. And you know what? If it's not right, 
feel free to correct me, send me uh, the, you know, the correct information. And hey. I have had that happen a couple of times, like I said, Mike. So I just wanted to put that out there. Cause I do think sometimes when uh, we, we maybe get it wrong, I think it's important to, you know, to correct that when we, cause there is only 24 of us and, and we don't want anybody to get a, a bad rap. Like, Oh, I don't want to trade with that person. Clearly anybody will trade with anybody in this league. What are you talking? Yeah. If you give me, if you give me the right deal, I'll you know, are, trade, are, trade are with you Jacob fucking, are, The only person I will not trade with is Jacob. I will trade with anybody else. I, I don't care. Um, and, 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 and that includes like whatever, but I digress. Um, because to me, integrity is, 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 is important just to me, but that's fine. Um, right. By the way, Jacob, sorry, buddy. I, I literally haven't thought about you in months, but goddamn that trade, man. Congratulations. Um, what else? Where else was I going with this? You, what, what was the last team you wanted to ask me on? There, you said four. That was three. So, the last team. Let me take a quick peek here. Is it Toronto? Toronto. Yes, they're six okay. and six. So and here's about- the thing. Like, I, I just got to throw this out there because you know how I feel about Archie. Like, I, I just think he's, like, the nicest dude in the world. Archie Scat, yeah. I mean, but for I mean, whatever I mean. reason, and I find this, like, super hilarious, but for whatever reason, I feel like Archie just absolutely will not deal with me. Like, I off- I tried to trade with him for, like, two days. You know this story? Yes. He was like, well, I don't know. And then you're like, hey, Archie, you want to trade? He's like, yep. I'm here. Let's make a so, trade. Sometimes it's about whenever you're around. I have the coolest player's name in the I league. I have a difficult time. Yeah, I have a difficult time, though, also – trying to figure out like what Archie's plan is. So, I mean, it's working right now, but I'm, I'm thinking long-term. What's your thoughts? I'm thinking, I mean, he's, he's in a division that's on the come up, but not too far away where he can't keep up. Um, obviously spawn is getting up there. He's 29. Like you said, he's clearly Kansas city or clearly Kentucky's probably not going to make it. No, Kentucky. I, I mean, Ken, at this point, Ken, Chicago Kentucky's where Montreal is in that division. Right, in Chicago at this point, as much as we like Luke, oh, I love Luke. Bottom, right. The bottom line is he's already he's already basically handicapped himself seven eight games just to start the season, which is you know which is always tough. It's not insurmountable by any means. I'm just saying, right? But I'm just saying, Toronto has actually performed fairly well, probably um, to to what we expect, right? Like five hundred. Yeah, but and 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 the granted and the reality is last year Long Island made the playoffs in this division with a sub 500 record. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility to think. Not only did he he make the playoffs with a sub 500 record, he almost took down the Big Bad Wolf. Yeah, listen, so. he almost took out two teams from the uh, from the FRL, the French Quarter Division. I relax. You get 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 your freaking pump up in there. So here's my question. If you're Archie and you're not going to, you know, really pushing towards everything, because I was actually looking through Toronto, um, not, well, I mean, not right now, but in the offseason when I had time, he, he didn't make that many transactions during the offseason. So he kind of kind of like a and, – and I think a lot of people get bad raps for, like, they're not active because they don't make free agent acquisitions or whatever. He's, he's always struck me as more of a promote from within guy like Bob, and that's totally fine. Um, at this point, he's re-signed Spawn. Kerr just got another big extension, obviously. So he's part of his long-term plans. And if I'm going to mention Kerr and I'm going to mention Spawn, we're going to mention Edwards, who is another super amazing young player, shortstop. He doesn't have the Che rep. He doesn't have the Nos rep. But he is super-duper good and super-duper consistent. 
he has no bullpen. He has no bullpen at all. Like his bullpen is full of middling arms, which is fine typically to have a whole bunch with some of them, but he doesn't have the power arm. So like to me, I always think like you can have a whole bunch of two and two and a half star relievers. That's fine. But some of them got to have high volatility in terms of like the strikeout, right? Like right. you're going to walk guys. You need to, you got to have at least two guys in your bullpen that are a 10 K per, per nine. Right. Like they may guy. walk guys some days. Right. They bite you and, then walk, and then strike out the side other days. Yeah. So that sucks, but he doesn't have the upside in the bullpen. Like, like New York, Gary, that's always been his thing. Like he's always had it. Like his bullpen remakes have always been like, okay. But like he's, and I'm giving away the, the, the milk here, but he's always like never really typically sat with high K per nine guys. So, like, even right now, if you look at New York, like, he has some decent relievers this year. Like, the ratings are truly, truly, truly decent. But Steven Adams is his only strikeout pitcher. You can't right. just have one strikeout pitcher in the bullpen. I, I'm sorry. You just, like, you just can't. With, with the amount of bats that are in this league, you can't just have one strikeout guy. And I feel like it's kind of the same thing for Toronto. Um, he, you know, he has one guy who has a high K per nine potential which is going to be Riley, where really isn't that guy, even though he has some right now. Even his bullpen, McGee, like McGee's fine, but he's not a high K per nine guy. Um, <clears throat> historically, he sat at around 10, so I guess I'm going to take that back right now. I'm, I, I was thinking of someone. I think I was thinking of uh, Riley. But he doesn't, you know, typically have guys. And I said Riley instead of McGee, by the way. Um, he doesn't have a lot of guys in his bullpen that are, like, going to be K per nine guys. So when you have a team like that, you need to have a, a team with a very based – like, you know, pitching focus, and he has a lot of guys that are just neutral. Um, his starting pitchers are ground ball guys. That's great. But when he's getting into the bullpen later in the innings, they're all neutral guys, and it's just it's going to be a problem. Like, I just feel like he has solid bullpen arms, but they're not, like, to his team's strength. Is, his, his defense isn't great. It's ninth in zone rating, 11th is, in errors. Is Warren Spawn, like, the best pitcher that nobody talks about? We talk about him all the time. We talk about, yeah, no. No, Spawn's but I'm saying, I'm saying if you look at his stats, just just if you want to, you could do a side-by-side, -side, but, like, in comparison to, like, Rusick, right, who I oh, think everybody – who everybody universally would say, hey, this so dude, guy's the best pitcher so, in the league. So, fuck, Spawn's put up, like, a five-and-a-half war, like, consistent between five and six the last four years, and, like, literally Archie is, like, almost last in defense every year. Imagine right. if he had that's, a defense. He'd that's be, like, what I was, pitcher. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Because he's a ground ball pitcher, like, I almost wonder, like, do you think it hurts him, the park, and, and the, the team that he has with him? Look, it, this is just, like, I don't know how to say it. I don't know more than anybody else. We all have different opinions. We all have different ways we like to play. I think his roster is completely built wrong for his park, and his team is completely like they just don't fit to me. Like he has a like like that's when people say like the underperforming seasons. Like that's where it starts. I like his players. I like his talent acquisitions. One hundred percent. I think they don't fit. The only thing that, that makes me nervous about Spawn, like I have a certain cutoff. And, and by I think, the way, hold on. I'm not afraid to say that because I don't think I'm being mean. That's no, just my opinion. No, not at all. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think you're being mean either. Um, I, uh, I, I, I like his pitcher a lot. I mean, I love the fact that he has 91 stamina. 
you know, so he can go deep into games. He's at 80 hold, bro. Like, yeah. he's a top three he's, pitcher in this league. He's up there with Russick and – um. Well, the only thing that I'm not, like, overly in love with, and maybe this is just me being critical, you tell me if I'm wrong. Can I tell you something right now real quick? I went to go double check. The game has him a number two on the top pitchers list. You know who number three is? None. Eltron. Womp womp. <laughs> Fuck my life. That is just – I. I don't I don't drink alcohol, but I will take a shot of milk for you tonight, Shane O'Mac. Yeah. That's fucking brutal, dude. Yeah. Well that's what I'm saying. Like Shane now I now I can definitely see why Way he to dodge he the won. bullet there, Brian. Yeah, when, now I know why he definitely thought he won the trade there. I mean <laughs> literally one for one, Beltron for, for uh Hill probably would have been worth. And he got Garrett Woolsley and Hector Soto, so it's like <laughs> it's hard to it's hard hard well, to argue with that the, one, uh, up, didn't you? Heck yeah. Go on. So so, anyways, what I was gonna say with Spawn, I like, do you put any stock? And I know we talked about this a little bit a little while ago, but do you put any stock or do you have any concerns over the fact that he's a ninety-three to ninety-five mile an hour pitcher? No, because he has four pitches that are all 80-plus or 75, 72-plus, whatever. It doesn't matter. He's a ground baller guy. He's, he's going to be one of those. He doesn't have a traditional fastball. He's it's sinker, curve, slider, change. It's fine. That's right. his profile. Like, he's, he's absolutely fine. Like, he has a five-war, six-war profile, and, like, that's with no defense. I no, yeah, he's, he's a, always those guys when I sort that has bad defense. He's a he's a he's a five war guy every year. I agree with you, and I just like like I said, you if know, you look I, at RG's team, team positional rankings. Sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. Like, and again, they're just irrelevant. They've had Ramos ranked twenty third right. for the past three years, and he all he does is Kerr is the only he only has two guys rated look in at the top it, like, fifteen. It's just so funny. It's like they're just twenty to twenty three, twenty twenty twenty. Like they're terrible, but they're not that right. bad. Like they're not that bad. No, they're not that bad, but at the same time, you you are what your what your team ranks are, and I understand his defense is fifth, but his his error is eleventh. So, I mean, you 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 got to take that into consideration because yes, maybe it doesn't count against his quote unquote ERA, if you will, right? But it does count against your win loss record, and the reason why you know he's fourteen and fifteen, you know, last year, and he ends up with a losing record. You know, but he he's a horse, dude. I mean, he threw almost 240 innings last year. Yeah. So if you, I mean, I don't I don't know if I'd be pitching in that many innings, but that's kind of a personal personal slave type thing. But here here's the other thing though that just a quick one last thing on on spawn. Yes. Just because we're totally getting off topic or whatnot is I um I I appreciate the fact that Archie finally decided to like give a few of his guys a few of his guys deals like it was bugging the shit out of me that like he had like you know these guys that were like 11 million dollars in arb you know like uh like right. like spawn and stuff so at least now it's like if you had to pay this guy 20 million dollars right for an ace pitcher it's like it's probably not a bad deal so he's locked him up the next five years after this, years year. Including this year yeah correct so it's like terrible Right, kudos to him because you know what I would I would suspect that his game plan is hey within the next two or three years I'm planning on being competitive especially in this division maybe it's this year, but I think it was you know I think it's definitely you know it was definitely good for him to lock up a couple of these guys because you know I know like for example like Kerr, this is a guy that he was you know he was willing to move for the right for the right package and you know now he's turned around and you know, signed him to a five-year deal and, and spawned to a five-year deal and decided these guys are going to be kind of the face of the future. Do you think that – so 
do, do we think that Toronto is a playoff team this year? Uh, no, I don't. You I think, think you're still going to have really? – I, I think the problem is I do. And I know they got off to a really hot start, but listen, the reason why I was so bullish on Long Island last year when the, everybody was really close is right. they're 11-2 right now, and I really don't even think that they've really hit their stride, believe it or not, as ridiculous as that sounds. First and run scored, but our third and run scored. Well, I get it, but but like I'll just give you a couple names to just take a quick peek at. Go go look at their first ba- their uh, first baseman, Robbie I know, Porter. I know Porter. Go look at I, – I understand. My point being is he has no home runs and he's hitting 264 and every year he averages 20 to 25. Like, like even though they're 11 and two, and I understand that they're scoring runs, what I'm saying is there's still actually room for improvement, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, LaFonte, he's another guy that's going to hit 15 plus home runs a year. He has no home runs. Like I think that this team will go as far as they're pitching, now, obviously, Park got off to a really hot start. Utley pitched really well last year, and so did Fleming for him. Um, and then you've already mentioned Brenson, so it's it's going to be interesting. I, I just – I like this five better than the other guys. You know, like I like Toronto. I like Spawn. But outside of Spawn, mm, I, I want to like Sandy Koufax. I don't – I'm, I'm automatically rooting against him now. I, I just – yeah, I just like the numbers tell a story, and it's not a story I love, is the problem. Right. And I hear you. Um, he doesn't. He, doesn't like... he has one guy that you really like. I just think that Bill has put together a solid, you know, like two or three man guys. rotation that, that is a little more solid. And that's the same thing with Tampa Bay. If you look at Tampa Bay, nobody looks at Tampa Bay and goes, oh, man, you know what? They've got Jason Robinson. Like, they're totally going to win a bunch of games. Who's hitting 283 with three homers, by the way? Just want to throw that out there for you. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, you're talking about Rusick, Privet, and Pessler. Yeah, One, for two, sure, three. dude. Like, that's how you win games. That's and how you win games in the, the MLB. <laughs> that's how you win games in the PBA. You have three guys that are going to get you 15-plus wins. It's going to be pretty hard to not make the playoffs. Right. Agree. You know what I mean? I agree. Any final, any final topics that you want to cover here before we close up? Because we have been, we have like been rolling here. Yeah, we have yeah. been rolling for a little bit. Um, not really, man. I mean, PBA obviously getting started on our what tenth or eight ninth season. Fantastic. Right. Um, Gary's done a great job. As always, that is in our just saying it just to say it. It's really started off well and smooth. Um, I don't know, man. I I didn't get to give my predictions for the playoffs. So I want to do it real quick if you don't mind. Um. We're going to go wider. We're going to go Palmetto, Oakland, and Vegas. I think Disney barely misses out. We're going to go Winnipeg, Salem, and Cleveland. In the French Quarter Division, we're going to go Paris, Vancouver, Cologne, and Seattle. And in the French Latin Quarter Division, we're going to go Long Island and Tampa Bay. So, I mean, not very many changes outside of, uh, you know, Disney Wait. missing in, in uh, Salem or in, 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 in so who Cleveland. So, who do you have in the Little Italy? I'm uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, the top I'm three teams down. that are there right now in each I have. So Okay, so Cleveland, Salem, and Winnipeg? Yeah, and then I have Vegas, Oakland, and Palmetto. And then I okay. have Paris, Vancouver, Cologne, Seattle, and Long Island and Tampa. Though, I will give the caveat that maybe the 6-6 six and six versus 11 starts. Only five games, but I, I just – I don't know, man. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, there, there's not much going on. It's going to be like those two based on the poll. I think all te- everyone in that division stands the top two teams are going to finish sub 500. So I don't know. Well, we do have the uh, we do have the draft. I know we talked about one player in the draft, but I, I I real quickly just want to touch on this just because the draft is going on. 
overall, I want to, I don't want to talk about anybody specifically, but just take five minutes on the draft. What was your overall thoughts on this draft class? A weaker pitching pool than I've seen in recent years, but I haven't super sorted to be completely honest. I've been so busy. Um, I think the, the relievers are okay, but I do agree. The starting pitching, I agree with you. It's, there's it's not even not a lot great. of guys that I look for that I can turn into leverage arms. There's just not a lot of velocity arms this draft with the right. like high, right. high uh, potential for conversion. Um, there is an interesting guy. I don't even mind giving away. I really like him, Alex Rangel. Obviously, he's a fragile guy, so definitely I like him. Four-year guy, 21. He'll be 22, whatever. Um, he he's nothing super elite, but he's a righty guy who's a ground ball heavy guy with a fastball curve and a change. He sits at ninety three to ninety five. OSA has him at two and a half stars. I have him at the same. I don't think he's like a stud, but I think his control will bump up a little bit based on where his development is, is proven to be. And I think he could be a nice back end guy. But that's you the name I'm going to give away because I have a few names tucked in. No, that's little... good. And I like like I said, the the point wasn't to to try and provide names or to, to you know. Oh, we get in trouble for that. <laughs> it was more like I just wanted to get your overall synopsis of, you know, the draft class. Because I feel like there was a few draft classes. They were really You know, good. not last year, but like the previous two years before that where you were hard-pressed to find, you know, even a two-and-a-half, three-star potential guy like in the second round. Or even in the first round, past so the first. Is pretty decent for like mediocre depth, and it's so funny because like obviously our war isn't like perfect, right? Right, right. But like even like the high war quote unquote starting pitchers are all pretty junky. Like if you go and just sort by war, just if you want to do it, like I don't understand. Like, maybe they're higher because they've had low competition levels, and that's what I'm seeing a lot of, the competition level being low. So, I mean, maybe that's where some of the stats are coming into play. Like, this guy, like, John Prickett, 4.5 war. I have him 43-25-29. Obviously not a draftee. He's one and a half stars. Great nickname at Stumpy. <clears throat> Apparently he only has one leg. But he went 11-3. 32 walks, 160 Ks, 250 FIP, 62 FIP minus, but like the competition levels are poor. Like, I, I, I'm curious. Here's here's something else I'm curious, and I know you're giving out some 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 knowledge here. I don't want to give out too much, but I am curious because I know that you like to talk about scouts, and this is something I actually talked to another GM, and they didn't know this. They were like shocked yeah. when I told them this. Did you do you ever uh, go to like your draft list and then hit like ask scouting director for this round just to see like who their top fifty players are or whatever? I didn't even know you can do that. Yeah. Okay. So ah. here's here's a little. I try to impart some little knowledge tidbits when I can. So if you go to draft list, right? So you go to your draft pool and then you click on draft list. I see okay. it. I've never known you. Okay, now go over to action and yeah. and click on ask scouting director for this round. And they will literally give you a list in order. It'll if it says and it means he values them. It means they value them in that order. If it says or, it means you can take either one of those players. But that's, that's going to be them. but 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 that's going to be based on his you, personal scouting preference. No no no, absolutely one hundred percent. Not, not believe me, in no way, shape, or form am I telling anyone to draft based off this. I just find it funny because if you look at the way your scouting director looks at guys, like I'll just give like – Good Lord, I wouldn't take any of these guys. Right, that's just going to say. I just was going to say, for instance, like 
I have a starting pitcher that's a two and a half star guy. That's probably more like prospect, like number 40. And my scouting director is saying, Hey, this guy's a top five talent. And I just, I find it interesting because I try, I've started the last draft and I'm going to keep doing it this draft tracking these guys because, you know, Hey, does my, is my scouting, you know, is my scout seeing something in, you know, some of these players that I'm you not You mean, does seeing? the game know more than you know behind the scenes? Right, which we, we all clearly know is, is no. But, yeah. um, no, it's just funny because, you know, we, we talk about, like, the random, you know, the random talent change. I mean, my scout has Eric Q number one, so. My, my scout has the top three, I think in the the correct order but after that that's where like the the training wheels fall off but i i just wanted to say that because i was talking to another gm and prep for the other show who was it and we were talking about it i'm not i'm not giving the deets i told you you know what we'll text later but um you never kiss we not on the air i'm not doing that no more but i just found it interesting because they're like I didn't even know you could do that. I had no idea. I've been playing this game for fucking, which is exactly what you said. But yeah. So when you do this, this is basically your scout saying, Hey, uh, in the first round, this is my preference of who we should take. And in the order we should take it. So, so if you look at the list, like mine, you know, is ranked, you know, one through 48, like he has 48 guys basically listed as quote unquote, a first round talent. But it's funny because, like I said, some of these guys, like, I don't even think you would take in the second round. I would it's, take a lot of these guys in the first two or three rounds. That's what I'm saying. So it's just – it's it's funny because, you know, you take a screenshot or whatever you do and then track these guys or you add them to a, you know, short list, how, however you prefer to do it. But it is, it is ironic because, like I said, I did do this last year, and a couple of the guys actually have gotten boost uh, to their we'll development. Talk yeah. So I just thought it was interesting. I did want to talk about the draft a little bit. I do think from a hitter's perspective, it, it, it's actually nice to see. I think there's actually a, a fairly decent, I'm going to say probably 15 or 20 guys that should be able to make the league as like solid hitters. Right. So, you know, that's actually encouraging to see because I felt like the last couple of years that the the pitching crop has been a little heavier than the hitting crop, which is I think what you were alluding to with your opening statement. So it is kind of nice to see that the the last draft, draft and you know, two drafts that that it has kind of that you're starting to see some some really good hitters. Hey. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm what? glad as well. I know what? I <laughs> I just found a sweet name. His name is I know Michael. It's I O N U T, and then his last name is M I H A L C E A. You got to draft, draft guys. You know. I, I I draft guys round eight through twelve purely based on names. So, yep. This is facts. This is I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, I, I I'm sure I could go through. I could literally go through your your, your minor league system right now and be like, okay, I know where that guy was drafted. I guarantee you, I may not have the best organization in the league, but I have the best names in the league, and I'm not even going to get into an argument with anyone that who will say anything otherwise. Absolutely. All right, buddy. All right, buddy. Well, thank you so much. We uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the uh, PBA Poddammit podcast. I know it ran a little bit long. Back to I basics. Hope you, hope, yeah, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the tidbits of info and the uh, the long rants. But that's all the time we have here today. Thank you for joining me and Mike. Take care and God bless. Later, buddy. God bless.